imagine a future office where you have this big field in the mountains on the trees or on the beach and instead of like having an office space you have like pods everywhere yeah, and you have to and you have to travel yeah damn we yes. can't we can't yes. people so many ideas whoever, whoever, holy whoever doesn't deliver you lock them in the pod <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're all very excited to be here with Ivan, who is the chief R&D officer at BBF, a company that used to be called Prime Properties Group, but now is called BBF. He's based in Limassol. He's one of the most hardcore construction, technology, civil engineers that I've met in my life. This guy knows how to get things done. Ivan, it's so great to have you on the first podcast in the brand new podcast studio. It's so exciting, man. Welcome. Hell Welcome. yeah, guys. Thanks, Ivan. Welcome. Glad to, see, glad to see you also. So let's have some fun. Yeah, you know, we wanted to have you here, but you're our tester. And most of the podcasts will happen via Zoom. So uh, pretty exciting to to uh, to have you. Um, uh, we'd be excited to have you here, uh, but it's also pretty exciting to have you be the first uh, the first guest. Ivan, tell us how the hell you ended up in Cyprus of all places. And then Mihalis can tell us maybe how we met because it was fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, it was a really nice, uh, interesting story. Actually, some time ago, as you may know, guys, two of you, I, I worked at Seychelle Silence in the construction of one of the hotel. Then I got some uh, offer from a Spanish company to become a project manager. And while I was waiting for the documents, from this company, from the for the permits, for the other HR stuff. Uh, actually, Prime Property came around and they offered me to become a quality uh, control manager in Limassol in Cyprus because when I came here, it became really obvious that somebody has to take some control over quality in Cyprus. So this was uh, my first uh, first position in the company. Why do you say that? Why, why do I say that uh, quality needs to be controlled? <laughs> yeah. Can I say bad words in this podcast? podcast? <laughs> or not really? Speak your so, mind. Yeah, That's the point. There were, Speak your there mind. There were some, some, some uh, problems with quality generally in Cyprus and, and still are in place. But I think we did a great job, by the way. If not joking, we did a great job in uh, increasing uh, level of quality in Cyprus generally, of construction, I mean, of course. So, okay, this, this is pretty much it. And uh, by the way, when we met, uh, I was just a quality manager at that time. Oh, maybe head of quality control, something like that. I don't remember exactly, but I think it was. I remember I saw you with the iPad just uh, outside the construction site. And it was at the time when we were looking for projects and you yeah. know, were jumping over fences to, to find project managers. <laughs> the, an engineer with an iPad on site was a very rare sight in Cyprus at the time. So we're super yeah. excited to see one, you know, it's a, a specimen. Yeah, it was a very it, important it, specimen for us. It, it was quite weird for everyone on the market to be honest, like uh, two crazy guys, me and David uh, running around sites uh, with, the, with, the, with an iPad and uh, they were making jokes. Oh, look at these idiots. They're making uh, pictures <laughs> on iPad and running around. 
Well, who's when, the idiot now? Who's the idiot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now when they received like yeah, like hundreds of claims, quality uh, issues, and this kind of stuff, it's not a joke anymore in the market. So yeah, it was quite. By the way, iPad is a really great product for construction. You just have you Ivan. Just say. Ivan, do you did people not like you? because you had that ipad what, what was the reaction you know you, you yeah, mentioned first of all, they were they were jealous that i have an ipad pro of course uh, <laughs> yeah actually joking but what is the biggest difficulty to work as a quality manager you have to be a bad guy quite often so in real life you're actually trying most of the time to be a nice guy polite with people trying to not hurt anyone's feelings you know just to, to be like you know kind to everyone and then you come to work and you have to be an asshole sometimes, really an asshole. So, uh, I mean, asshole in, in, in good terms. And it, uh, for, for, for the company is good, for, for business, for quality. You, you just have to stay on, 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 your, you know, on your position firmly, no matter what other people's feelings, no matter what they think, no matter what they do. Uh, you know that uh, you, you have to you know, stand for your standards stands for you stand for your company's benefits so yeah asking answering your question actually yes a lot of people didn't like us me me and my colleagues but at the same time we became friends really friends with some of them after you know after some time when they understood the position Ivan, so, how, do you, how do you do that how do you how do you be the asshole on site and then have friends <laughs> and they go out with them and then you know you just told them everything yeah, well, shitty job most of the time i, I really uh, believe when you're emotionally in the contact with the job you're doing and you're emotionally inputting you know you're, you're giving something to to the product that you make it actually when you are emotionally dedicated and devoted to the product that, that that you're that you're working on other people they start to understand it after some time so in the beginning they just think okay there is some asshole came on site with an ipad okay making pictures like okay whatever idiot but then when you show not only the you know the 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 working position let's say as an employee uh, but also emotional dedication to your to your work and, and to the product that you actually make together with for example quality control from client side controlling main contractor you're making one product you know you're yeah. devoting to one work it's it's your common project i mean we are a team yeah. at the same time when when people just understand that you're actually really from your heart trying to make the product better then they start to ah oh, okay maybe he's right you know maybe and we're actually we were trying a lot of times not just to make issues on site and take pictures we were kind of trying to to invest some some again some emotion sometime into people like foremen uh i don't know like workers project directors or whoever else to try to invest not only uh, some, you know, just s simple uh, work, standard operational procedure, procedures, let's say, when you're trying to uh, motivate people by giving them an example, this is what is cha what changes their minds most of the time. And when they see uh, your attitude, they change their mind and then they get, okay, you're actually, I agree with you. And not with everything, but with most of the things you're doing. So let's go and drink some beer and, yeah. uh, after this you know <laughs> well you're a cool guy i feel like a shark would want to drink beer with you but um tell us <laughs> what do you think about uh, quality management do you have to be the bad guy and is yes. there another way to do it or i think i think you have to be the bad guy um i think you have to have ivan's character who's a 
he loves what he does and he has a purpose in what he does and that really comes through but then he also pays a lot of time in 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 caring for the people that he's working with and communicating and i think that's his trick and that's how you go from a quality engineer quality manager to chief r&d in a company in a few years don't take it lightly i mean it's you know it's pretty impressive i mean i'm also impressed sometimes quite often <laughs> yeah i love it <laughs> it's actually yeah it's it's just uh, you you're absolutely 100 percent right for what you just told is like when you're communicating with people not just doing your your job it's like increases your value of your work you're giving 100 percent Ivan, tell us a little bit what it's like. You mentioned Seychelles. You meant you're here in Cyprus now. It's it's not your home country. You're Russian originally. Tell us a little bit about how it is to be an expat. Um, and and is is it? I mean, I was an expat for like 20 years, but it wasn't my decision. It was because of my parents. But you made the decision. You're like, I'm leaving. I'm gonna go live there, and now I'm gonna move there. What's that like? Is it crazy? I think, yeah, actually, you, you mentioned one really important thing. Once I, I traveled across Russia, for example, yeah, with my parents, when they want, when they needed or wanted to move to other cities, like, from, for example, I moved from Krasnodar to Moscow because the, my father changed his uh, company. And then we, uh, we, so my family was always actually tra traveling across the country all, all their life, starting from childhood. So yeah. this is one thing. I wanted to tell. So this is really important that is it your choice? Is it your intention? Is it what your, you know, your, your, your goals in your life? I think this is uh, matters a lot. So for example, when I was traveling with them, I didn't like it, to be honest. I like, okay, I, I want to go back to my uh, native town, native city and live there. And it's cool. It's nice. But actually when I really came, when I, when I finished the university, when I came back to the city uh, that I lived, I spent there like two, three years, and I understand that it's like so boring. I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to, I have to travel. I have to see the world. I want to uh, work with different people, different cultures. And actually, I was always fond of international uh, communications. Uh, I actually I finished a school, a gymnasium, which was actually focused on uh, different languages like French and English. So I, I actually know, knew French and English quite well for for a Russian. Normally, a Russian. You people speak French, are, really? Uh, just a bit. I did construction I did, French. I, I, or I everything. French. Sorry. Construction French or? Oh, no, no, no. It was just a school level, like uh, levels for you know for just no standard communication. But I'm just we were taught at school to be like you know internationally open and learning languages. Then I, I wanted to actually my idea was to go to university, not to construction. Yeah, it was not. Idea. I was. Uh, my plan was to go to international business in one of the Moscow universities. So this was my idea, actually, in my life. What, what, what do you, Ivan? Ivan, what do you think of those degrees now that you did construction? Just be. Uh, Would you? Yeah. Do you regret? 
I, I don't regret because it was really difficult for me because normally I have really bad problems in mathematics. I'm like, you know, you, you cannot imagine how bad am I in mathematics. I mean, You're a civil engineer. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> this is the, you know, this is the problem. So I, it was really tough for me. I like, it was crazy. I was like, I was dying like sometimes. I really was dying. I mean, I, I hate this. So hate how this. did you go then from quality manager to, to chief anything in construction? How do you do that? How do you kind of stand out from the crowd of engineers on site and people notice that you're good at something and, and, and you go up the ladder in, in any company, let's say? I think, you know, I, uh, looking back, yeah, this is actually somehow connected to, to what I, I was telling you just before you was asking. I was planning to become like um, international business communications and this kind of stuff it means communicating with people, means uh, relationships, relations, you know, to people, basically. Yeah. So if you are interested generally as a person in any type of human communications and understanding their problems, making business, understanding business, if it's international communications, it's even more interesting. I mean, not just, you know, you're trying to speak with your neighbor or your whole life you're trying to understand what is international communications it's like when you think about it with how to properly communicate with different from different uh, with people from different countries with different religions different races i don't know whatever i was thinking i was reading books about it about i was reading psychology books about it i mean so i was not a, actually a civil engineer in my mind i was more like mm. you know we call it this sciences uh, uh social sciences oriented mm. person yeah. and i am but what actually answering your another question do i regret about my civil engineer of course not because you know if you're i think it just made me stronger so i have yeah. civil year degree so i have some technical uh, things in my mind <laughs> i understand how things work yeah. which is also kind of interesting and crazy sometimes and at the same point i'm a social oriented person i mean social science even so like, how, how did you how did you how did you go up the ladder, let's say. What, what yeah, that? and this is what uh, I, I'm coming to. So when you when you mixing those two, mm. this is my opinion. This is my experience. When you're you, you have experience and understanding and knowledge of how things are done in specific industry, and you are actually trying to understand not only the technical part, yeah, the construction part, you understand the people, the psychology behind, the difficulties behind pains. How to connect the dots then you know what, what are the problems what are the because uh, behind any construction any engineering is with people anyway so once yeah. you connect those two worlds this is what I, I think this is what i think helped me to to to, to you know to, to rise let's say uh, when i communicated those dots of people and technology let's say and actually technology what we're talking today not just not just construction Technology uh, like PropTech, like Procore, Planner, or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Uh, people's pains, points, I don't know, their relationships and construction. So these three things, massive things. Construction that uh, is suffering. Yeah. But when you think about all these things, like in general, not separate, you know, okay, this is a brick. I need to put one brick on another, you know, okay, this is my schedule of works. When you think it as a bigger picture that, you know, it's people behind and there are some processes that have to be improved or can be improved or some pains that can be resolved or you're actually, again, you, you have to give to people. First, you, you have to give your time, your motivation, your energy to help them to improve their work, to improve uh, work of the, the whole company, 
and at the end of the day, the whole industry. And when you're giving, you receive it back for sure. Yeah. If you're just waiting for something to come and okay, quality should be better. This is a shitty quality, you know, and just okay, in Cyprus, it's shitty quality. And I'm not doing <laughs> yeah. anything yeah. about it. Okay, what you what you will you get from it? Nothing. You will see them do nothing. When so you don't complain, up, get down and work. Accept yeah. the problem as it is and, and then get down yeah. get down to working and then also focus. So here's the thing about you. You're a you're a pretty creative person. I mean, you, you're one of those people that, you know, your mind is racing at a million kilometers per second. You're thinking about a million things. And, you know, when somebody looks at you, you're like, does this guy ever get anything done just because everything's always on your mind but i've you know and it's not it's not like a year right i've seen you deliver for like three years at least consecutively um how do you do that how do you you know how do you maintain that rhythm of of, of that mindset in order to continuously deliver in what you're doing at your job and with your goals are you just like super organized what do you do you have like a oh, room by the way full yeah, of like kanban views or what the hell is going on by by the way i'm i'm I, i'm not really organized person i never was so this is quite strange i think what makes it done is uh makes all, all the things not all but maybe most of them done done is when you motivate people and it's not not just words i mean when you're trying to communicate with people and trying to set one common goal yeah between all of you like like a team of people doesn't matter if it's even group of two people mm -hmm. yeah, if it's group of 200 people and you actually make them believe that this goal is achievable and we know how to do this this you know what what to do to make it happen yeah. and just you're setting up a plan and then if the team is motivated and if they believe that the goal is then actually things are starting to be done uh, piece by piece part by part by each you know part of the team and actually you're, you even don't have to be really organized like highly organized person yeah you have to remember your goals making some kanban boards of course yeah but i think the biggest uh, challenge and but, but this, at the same time the biggest power is to motivate people to get things done for one common goal you know so that's amazing this is, i think the way so th this, this is what i believe this is my way some people really are highly organized so you compensate your you compensate your lack of organization i have to admit i haven't seen a lack of organization from you you're you're a very structured person you think like an engineer you're very practical you're very all right in order to get this done we need to do one two three four i love i love a mind that works that way but you're saying that you compensate for whatever weakness you perceive you have by communicating with the team and making sure that it's done that's um really interesting to see um yeah 100 yeah you you're uh, because nobody is perfect you know we all have our uh, weaknesses and, and strengths so i find for example <laughs> it was a really nice uh, example when we were working with uh, david you, you know david well yeah my uh, good friend good old friend <laughs> and we were actually two of us were a, a team of quality control in the company yeah and i had i had one strength like communicating with people like motivating them for something better and david is hard pusher you know he's he doesn't uh, He's not a uh, like uh, afraid to make 
people uncomfortable for something better, you know, so, and this kind of stuff. So he's a pusher. He he answered all the all the emails. He likes to write this this size of emails. Like, <laughs> I love I David. It. I love David. I mean, <laughs> I, let's I, stop, I, let's my stop talking shit behind David's back. David, we we all love you. He's <laughs> <laughs> really great at, at something. Do and people read the, the long emails? Do people read the long emails or? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I know that some people do. I know that some people do. Some people really need it. You know, they need to express and to read this information. So yeah, some of you. Some and it's just as an, as an example because with the, we, me and David, we came from another industry. Like it's uh, gas and oil construction in Russia. Yeah, it's crazy amount of written stuff goes on there, like paper stuff. Yeah. When you're writing just the name of the project, it can be like twenty. <laughs> It's just the center, uh, the name of the project, you know, like 20 words, just the name of the project. So you're writing like, okay, on this project, blah, 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 20 words, <laughs> this uh, company, blah, 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 five and other words. And then it, you're coming to up to this uh, size of email saying like two, three words, uh, which means- you just said hi. You just said hi. Just, just for those who don't know, David is a brilliant um, project manager. He's now actually a, a program director, pro project director, program manager, program manager um, at BBF. He has PMs under him. And, and I have to say, he's one of those guys that are super passionate about tech. And, and um, I don't know what school you guys went to, but he's also one of those guys that get things done. And you know, that's one of the, I, I, I don't know, guys, what, what do you think? I feel that's one of the hardest skills to find people that just get things done and don't, don't get yeah. stuck in the details or don't, you know, don't think yeah, about, yeah. oh, you know, you know, it's like 530, I have to go home. <laughs> yeah. And they, and they just get stuff done. What, what do you guys, th I don't know. Do you that, go that home? Crazy? At, do you go home at 530, Ivan? Uh, I'm, I'm at the office now, so you can guess, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. normally, uh, you know, sometimes I do, uh, sometimes I don't, it depends, it really depends on, on the low workload, basically, if workload, if I get things done and I know that I can go, I go, I, by the way, now I, as long as I'm head of department, I don't have uh, time limitations for my team. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't care when they come, when they go, where they work from, from home or from office or I don't care. I just say, okay, guys, there is a, there is a goal. There is a project that you need to deliver. There is a date. I don't care how you do it, when you do it. I mean, and where you do it, we just, we, we have to do it, but feel yourself comfortable. You can have your office. You can work from home some days. You can do whatever you want, but just let's get things done. I mean, I think this is, again, answering Angelos, answering what you're saying is actually, if you if you manage to find people, the first thing you said, that can get things done, the second step will be motivate them to <laughs> to get things done. Yeah. And this is the thing. I mean, just, I think you have to be like, uh, I don't know, a visionary. I don't know if it's the right word, but to draw a goal, you know, to, to explain to people what they, how their goal. Oh, like in a visual manner? How it looks like, yeah. I mean, not it, it can be audio, it can be visual. You have to explain to, yeah, by the way, for different people, it's different. For one person, it, it's better to write a sketch. For another person, it's better to tell it to him. Yeah. For other person, you have to write this size of email. So this is what I'm saying, this communication. So if you find a way for which person, what works better and then you communicate with each one in, in this way. I think this is what motivates people. And I, I'm not good at it, by the way, I'm not perfect, let's say. 
but I'm trying. What, what do you think? You, you get a lot of things done. How do you get things done? Angelos is one yeah. of the most uh, organized people I, I ever met in my life. I'm I think organized. you are. You're very organized. Yes, you, I agree. Uh, he he gets agree. things done. I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm more practical than organized. I just get things done by brute force. <laughs> forcing you. I just, you know, it, 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 you know, it, it myself or the team, it's just, you know, jokes aside, you can, I feel you can't get things done purely by being forceful, either to yourself or to others. I think you get things done by uh, just having a, a goal and a purpose in mind. Mm. And if you have mm -hmm. that goal and the purpose in mind, you'll do anything and then I have to say, I, I agree with what Ivan's saying about communicating. So you have to communicate. And if you don't have that goal and that purpose, you, you just won't be able to communicate with passion and with obsession because passion is kind of boring. Everyone's passionate now. It's really boring. Yeah. Yeah. Follow your passion. Follow your passion. <laughs> be obsessed. Don't follow your passion. Everyone follows their passion. Be obsessed about whatever you do. When I look at someone like Ivan, the guy's obsessed. He's obsessed with like- I think he's following his passion. He <laughs> he's obsessed with getting things done. He's obsessed with discovering new technologies. He's obsessed with improving stuff. He's yeah, multifaceted. That's it. I, I I don't know. Do you feel this when when I get things done, like especially in, in uh, if if it's like an improvement or something new, I, I feel physically pleasure, physical pleasure. Yes. Not just not just I know you know. Okay, cool. No, I physically feel pleasure. So this is actually what you feel pumped. Yeah, I think. What is, okay, so you said something. You said something that I, I, I don't know. So you said something. I, I don't know. It's maybe not popular. Or maybe it's popular with like CEOs, and then it's not popular with like the people. You said that you let your team work from wherever. You don't care what time they come in, they come out. Did you guys read Elon Musk's tweet email that leaked a couple of weeks ago about remote work? Mihaly, if, if uh, I have to check it out. Okay, so Ivan didn't really check it out, um, but basically what what Elon said was that he put it somewhere that was kind of rough too. He said, if you don't spend a minimum of 40 hours per week in the office, we'll just consider that you're not fit. I mean, we'll just consider that, you know, um, that you left or something like that. And then he got quite the pushback online, but then he also got quite a bit of quite a bit of support. Did you find it? Yeah. Anyone who wishes to do remote work must be in the office for a minimum, and I mean minimum, <laughs> it says in parentheses, of 40 hours per week I or depart Tesla. This is less than we ask of factory workers. If there are particular exceptional contributors for whom this is impossible, I would review and approve those exceptions directly. Moreover, the office, in quotation marks, must be a main Tesla office, not a remote branch office unrelated to the job duties. For example, being responsible for Fremont factory human relations, but having your office be in another state. I think that's an email. I have to find the tweet. Anyway, no, no, that, that's it. So basically what he said was that, you know, you need to spend a minimum 40 hours per week in the office. Otherwise yeah. you're, you're gone. You're, you, you know, yeah. we consider this your resignation kind of thing. Um, and then he said something about innovative companies. He said that, that the companies that don't do that haven't, haven't produced an innovative product for a while. To be honest, from, from our end, I think we're still trying to figure out, is remote work a thing? Is it not a thing? Can we be innovative, productive, creative, bond as a team via Zoom, or do we just be in the office? I think it depends on the on the company, on the role, on the industry. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a black and white answer. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. 
I think should be balanced, like in everything. You know, okay, if if you it's balanced and everyone in the team feel that okay, we need to spend some time or specific time together. But if, for example, one of the employees is asking for some remote work for some reasons, let's say, yeah, not just without a reason, yeah, for some reasons he feel he or she feels comfortable to work from remote for some time. Yeah. Why not? What what I don't like about remote work is the fact that everything seems to take longer when it comes to team communications. Yeah. You know, if you're in the safe office, you want to say something to somebody, you don't jump over and, you know, you're, you're shouting over a, a, a table or a desk and then you, you say what you want to say and you move on. Whereas otherwise, if you're home, you have to slack or message or call or whatever. And then that person might yeah. not be available in that time. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It feels like everything takes a little longer to get done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, I mean, the, the communication aspect takes longer to get done. Yeah. I also think it, it, you know, if you have kids or not, it kind of plays a role, what you can do from the house. Or if you have a big house, you know, where you have like, a, you know, a, an office space that yeah. you can lock the door and nobody comes through, but you know, yeah. it's 2022, who has that anymore? I don't know. <laughs> Especially in Limassol, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I think it should, should be balanced, but you know, for, for me, it's much, much more important that things are done and people feel comfortable, not, not comfortable. I forgot the word to be honest. Like, empowered. <laughs> empowered. Yes. And that, and respectful, let's say. So you respect their position at some points. Yeah. I like that. I this like is a, that. But I, I'm, I mean, maybe sometimes uh, you have to, you know, be harder in some especially in some industries in, in construction remote work i don't believe it's uh, real i mean okay now our department building, building from like, home uh, <laughs> uh, ah, by the way construction from home is actually almost like uh, modular construction yeah there you so, go well you need a factory worker there but i mean you can yeah, the factory will be full of robots in 10 years and you will just program this robots do you really home. think so do you i mean how the i i'm, I'm sure about that how the hell will a robot be able to pass a wire through a, I don't know, two, two centimeter diameter PVC pipe? Uh, Good luck. Probably, probably the modules will be pre-wired. By or humans. They will, you, you can, <laughs> I, I, I know how to do it already. So you put actually, first you put the, 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 the pipe, but it should be flexible. You put it on the line. Then you pass the cable before the installation. Then you put the, the just the pipe on, on the model on the module with the cable already inside. Yeah. Let's just uh, agree, I, Ivan. Let's just agree on semi-autonomous. I don't know what do you guys think. Yeah. Okay. Five years semi-autonomous. Ten years. Fifteen years. Okay. Thirty years fully fully uh, automated. Let's see. Well, maybe look. I mean, I I see the automated part in. I definitely see it in the in the assembling phase. I see some difficulties in the casting phase, in the wiring phase, in the MEP phase. I mean, there's, 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 there's just, you know, and I think we underestimate and we don't pay enough attention to the trades, but there's stuff out there that needs a lot of talent and uh, maneuvering and, and engineering and experience to get done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, trades are the most difficult generally, even in classical traditional construction anyway, like a shortage of MEP specialists in Cyprus or anywhere. It's like crazy. Yeah. So you think you think that in 10 years, 
This is your vision, right? You think that in 10 years, construction will be a much more robotic industry than it is today, or fully robotic, or maybe? So no, I'm exaggerating, of course, a bit, but I think there will be, uh, from what we see, yeah, with you together, guys, what we see is level of automation and integration of standard operational procedures will be in 10 years. I think it will be like, uh, you cannot compare even to what we had like five years ago and what we have now already. Yeah, like, like what, what, what we are doing together now with you. Uh, yeah. Can you Could you imagine like, okay, not five, ten years ago, ten years could you imagine ago. what what is going on now, what what we're doing, which what, what things are going on and like, how they're progressing with uh, 360 views or I don't know, like, you know, like protocol stuff and then open integration space. between each Impossible. other, yeah, open space, uh, cloud-based uh, quality control, which like increases in efficiency in, in hundreds of percents. Yeah. Because, you know, I, 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 we discussed it with you, like increase in productivity is not 5%, 10%, it's like 500% literally. So we measured it. Yeah, for one process. Yeah, and it's uh, for uh, we did it for like during one year. Yeah, increase in efficiency five hundred percent in one thing. You can do the same in another and another. So, I think this will the, this will be the, the most developed part of the construction in ten years. I mean, the, the operations. I, I think so. This is what I see. But regarding the construction itself, uh, the site works. It's it's difficult to predict because it, it, I think it depends a lot, not even on the construction companies or developer companies. It, I think it depends on clients' thoughts about what is a modular building, let's say. If you will manage to make a building that you don't have any difference with the traditional, is it done the traditional way or modular or by robots or whatever 3D printer. I yeah. think this will be, uh, at this point, it will like boom, because people will, they don't know. They don't know what is behind. They just get their keys uh, in eight months. Yeah, after there was like a field, in eight months you have your keys in a flat. They yeah. don't, and if they see no difference, Everyone will will, will, will will buy those flats. They they will not even think about it, how it was done. But now, what what from what I see from our company's experience and from what I, for example, speak uh, from what I discuss with companies that produce modules, uh, the client's perception that modular building is something like you know cheap and and boxy and unflexible and you know like squeezing and vibrating. So this is like uh, what people think about modular construction. So isn't that just isn't that just one of the most fucking amazing feelings in your life to go and see a project that you know you had your hand in building to go see that being a real living thing that that you know families live there and you know, kids play around and people getting married and eating dinner is that do, do you think that what Ivan says is is also gonna be the case that owners are gonna want to know how something has been built or are they gonna you know just being interested in getting the keys and going in because the owner plays a, a big role in yeah. in how construction yeah. evolves right yeah i think we're moving into um a digital and then experience based reality let's call it a digital reality right because do you really care where your driver is when they bring you your food 
or do you just want to get the food? I think you just want to get the food, but on the other hand, you're like checking your phone every three minutes. Where's that driver? Where's the yeah. driver? Did yeah, because up? I want to know when he's coming. Yeah. I, I don't really care where he is in the sense that, oh, he's passing yeah. out outside of Zara or something. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I, I just want to know when he's going to be here because yeah. I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, well, it's the same, right? And construction is is the biggest investment that, that people make in their yeah. life. People, companies, it's the biggest investment they make in their lives, right? So I think they that the people would want to see it. I don't know if they need to see it, but I, I, I know that they would want to see it. Mm -hmm. And I think you know once I they think see about? it, they will feel that they need it. And they can live it's without a, it. <laughs> it's a good comparison, by the way. I like this example, like comparing with the food delivery. But when you order food, your provider of delivery is a provider of delivery. You don't care which type of scooter, which brand of scooter he uses, yeah, what type of fuel is in his scooter. Uh, you hear how fast he will come. But when you're choosing what you will eat, you actually are choosing from what you know normally yeah so you was in in that restaurant or you know that this restaurant is good or you have some referrals or this kind of stuff so if we speak about the food how it was done yeah so we can come like in crazy details about this like is the chicken raised in a free range you know this kind of stuff is, is it really free range yeah, is it really a chicken you know so so what's the equivalent so in construction then what's the free range of construction the is that if you have a building uh, modular building delivered in, uh, I don't know, let's say two months, yeah. but it's built from materials that are not considered to be traditional or like not in, in the traditional way. For example, in Cyprus, if you will have a delivered building, but from timber, from wood completely, I don't know, yeah. wooden building in two months, would you consider this as a good building, as a, as a high level building? No, I, I don't like, I don't like. Like in Cyprus, I just don't like. I'm not going to say I don't like because sometimes I, I do like wooden homes. There's some really beautiful modern ones, but I do feel that concrete and solid block walls have an extra sense of quality to them. And I feel that a drywall just feels, you know, it just feels <laughs> empty. It's <laughs> empty. It's soulless. There's no soul inside. It's fast, but it, there's no soul. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing, you know, in Russia, for example, or in Norway, in the Scandinavian region, yeah. they build from wood. And yeah. I mean, they, they, they pay millions for, in Russia, for example, for wooden logs buildings, like, uh, like, like, uh, they like it, people like it. So again, it's, it's like, what do you prefer and how it's delivered? It's just a matter of uh, your choice, should be a matter of your choice. And so actually, it's a good, yeah. good, good point to think of, you know, if, I want to be, you know, application. It's a startup. Yeah. Application for modular and prefab buildings. So you, you choose, you sit down, you have uh, providers and you choose, okay, I want a uh, metal frame module. Uh, I don't know with uh, this kind of uh, finishes or I, oh, I want, I want to have a timber log building, you know, you're choosing from application, click a button. And then uh, you wait for delivery for for your uh, driver on on the but not on the scooter on the on the low truck in this case. And you then you pay for it with with cryptocurrencies and you know, of course, of course, yeah, and you own like an eighteenth of it um, because you you know you got in with another eighteen investors. It was like open source and crowdfunded no, and stuff. Think of it. Like, I like, like it. A, I like the idea. It's kind of it sounds interesting. Yeah, but it sounds interesting, Ivan. But I have to say, I don't know. You know. 
I mean, would you, would you develop an app that a person would use once in his life? I mean, how many homes are you going to buy? I think it's, I think that I think it's, as uh, it's, uh, Kevin O'Leary says, uh, take it behind the barn and shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know guys. I think it's uh, the, the younger generation. We don't know what, what their, their thoughts will be on it. How, how will they buy properties? Will they buy properties? Maybe they will be happy to rent it or share it or whatever. I don't know. I think they'll so buy a lot of, of properties on the metaverse. <laughs> this is for sure yeah i don't know if they're going to buy real properties but a lot of properties on the metaverse well, I mean, Mihaly just is because our, he's a metaverse cool. expert what <laughs> definitely not but uh what, yeah, what, do, you, I, what, what I, do you think they're going to buy nft homes if it looks cool if it uh nfh's you know if, if it elevates your social homes. status it's probably going to be you know successful yeah absolutely you know uh, how has the world changed? We're, we're all about the same age, late eighties. Well, or almost all of us. How has the world changed in your opinion from the time that we were growing up to now? What are the, you know, how has the reality of the young generation changed? What do you guys think? Mm. <laughs> That's a deep question. <laughs> deep question. Yeah. Deep question. But what I'm trying to get at is how will this affect construction, right? Will people want smaller spaces and want to be outside more? Will they want more apartments and less homes, more homes and less apartments? That's what I'm trying to get at because this will have an impact on our industry. The demand is there. We don't have enough homes for people, but the homes might change. It might be what Ivan's yeah. saying with the app. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, they, they will change. I don't know how they will change because it seems like people having experiences now, just sitting in a room, you can have a, a kind of a VR set and then you have all these sorts of experiences. You can travel anywhere with your mind. So maybe you don't need such a big house to, to satisfy. Maybe you, know, you need family. one room. Maybe just you need one, you know, one room that's comfy so you can sit there for... Yeah, hours. you're sitting on the toilet and you're wearing VR glasses and you think you're in your bed and you sleep. So you just need a toilet, yeah? <laughs> well, so the, I went based yeah, on yeah. needs. The toilet pods <laughs> will be the booming market. You know? the, the booming market, toilet pods. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> That's the next innovation in construction. Toilets that don't smell so you can sleep in the same room as well. Yeah. Uh, or you can do some kind of uh, virtual reality for your nose. I don't know some some kind of gadget that you know manipulates your nose. Whatever. There you go. <laughs> there you go, guys. Go like shit and, you know, Additional you accessory for the room for the one room you're gonna <laughs> buy. <laughs> or for the VR glasses. I don't know. It depends on who will be more advanced at that point. So uh, actually, uh, you know, I, I was when I was in my trip uh, with modular and prefab companies. Yeah, some of them really told me that look, before we we had a business that was oriented on big timber log buildings, like you know what I've told you before, and now it's clearly for them. They told it's clear for us. That it shifts to micro living uh, stuff. Yeah, it's like they say that we see it. It's not like they think it will change or they not think it will not change. They tell to me that it's changing. Yeah. It's already changing. It's already happening. So, and with this way, why not to, for a company, let's say in one country, like, let's say they, they produce a module, see, a modular houses or prefab houses or whatever. They create an application for their company, I don't know, Timber, Modular, uh, LTD, Cyprus. 
and they provide uh, like for our clients the status of their order like are the walls are built already uh, is MEP is installed and uh, I don't know so they can see like a status of like you see a status of your order in the delivery food delivery yeah you see that it's order accepted preparing shipping or you know this kind of stuff so it could be the same for uh, for private construction basically I don't know it's just what does micro living mean by the way does that mean you live in a small space or Yeah, like really small houses, like uh, 35 square meters house, but it's completely, you can, you can put it anywhere. You can just deliver it with, deliver it with a simple truck. Is it, it like a, a moving house? Truck. Can you move it as well? Or yeah, you can probably, move it, yes. Yeah, you just need like you a move, slab. You can just take it with a crane, put it on a truck and uh, bring it to a, any other country when you're Guys, I'm honestly, like I might sound like a crazy one here, but I'm not opposed to this idea. I like the idea of spending more time outdoors yeah. i think we spend do you know that we spend 80 of our time indoors isn't that messed up isn't yeah. that messed up i yeah, mean there's yeah. so much of the world to see i hate it i hate it really. 80 yeah. of our time indoors like I at least the, i like i like I how we i like how we say this and it's like 9 p.m in the evening and we've been in the office since 7 a.m in the morning we went to limits up to this it was yeah. fine it was fine We had some yeah. car time. Why? Why not to make uh, business rooms outside? I mean, yeah, that idea, so, like work from home. I don't know. Having an you know remote offices like pods. Of imagine if imagine a future guys. Maybe we should do this. Imagine a future office where you have this big field in the mountains, on the trees, or on the beach, and instead of like having an office space. You have like pods everywhere yeah, and you have to, yeah. and you have to travel. Yeah. Damn. We yes. can't, we can't people so many ideas. Whoever, whoever, holy whoever doesn't deliver, you lock them in the pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you have like uh, some meeting rooms in the, in the center of the forest. Yeah. Yeah. And then around like cabinets with trans transparent walls. Really? I like your idea. I like That's this. Fun. I think we should do it. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Let's end on that. I like that. I like that. Let's, let, let, let's see who 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 follows this idea who believes this idea who follows it maybe it's one of the listeners and becomes a billionaire hey if you do we are a, a really good construction tech provider so um we we're here to help you ivan can attest to it we um helped him digitize his company but absolutely follow us subscribe to our podcast uh follow us hit us up on linkedin talk with ivan meet him talk to him he's always open to talking with people um Ivan, where can people find you? Where can people find you? Look, I am almost not not using any social medias. I mean, uh, classical like Instagram or Facebook. I use LinkedIn. Cool. Uh, so anyone can find me on LinkedIn. Ivan Kajurov, BBF. We'll include your we'll include your name. Um, yeah. So mostly I'm posting my my stuff there, and uh, if it's related somehow to work or you know interests, I communicate there most of the time that's amazing ivan thank you so much for making time thank for you us. guys it was so great this was so fun i absolutely loved it and next one is gonna be here next one you're coming to the office i'm so proud that ivan was our our first new podcast room guest i can't wait for <laughs> yeah, this that, to be published it's so. a really honor it's an honor for me with such great guys such really passionate guys and uh such a passionate company generally what you're doing is great and i respect it a lot you know And thanks a lot for calling. Always happy to spend some time with you. 
And, uh, you know, it's like always time is running when we're speaking uh, about our passions. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, great. Thanks, so, Ivan. Thank you so much. Everything.